0: talking about this? Like, why, why would we take time to talk about this kind, of, this kind of stuff in church and what is this all about? And let me tell you why, because some of us sort of have messed up this topic in, in our lives and you've heard it wrong sort of maybe your whole life. Like, it's just been, how, how many of you remember when your parents gave you the talk? Come on, raise your hand. How many of you are like in your 50s and you still haven't heard the talk? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, your parents are like, I'm not telling you. I don't know, figure it out, dude. Like, I remember when my parents my parents listened to the podcast. So I have to be very careful, but uh, they, they gave me the talk. I think I was like, I think I was like seventeen or something. I was like, it was like, go get your license and there's something we need to talk about, son. And I was like, Mama, I mm, I think I listen. I know a little bit more. I'm just trying to say, like, you got some of that wrong, okay? I, like I already know some of that. Maybe you waited you know, longer in your life. Maybe your parents just avoided it, you know, altogether. Or maybe you grew up in a home where, like, they gave you a book, you know what I'm saying? Or hopefully it was not like a magazine. It was like a book, you know. <laughs> Jesus, oh, my God. You know, hope it was something good. And, and, and Or maybe you heard it in church. For the, or may, maybe you're married for 20 years and, and nobody's told you. And it's still kind of, you know, you, you still don't know what you're doing. And um, so I want <laughs> to, don't, don't punch your spouse. Don't be like, he's talking to you. Um, <laughs> I want to help us. I want to help us uh, over the next four weeks. And I promise you, I won't be crude about it. But listen, we got to talk about this because the Bible talks a lot about this. Talks about relationships, talks about marriages, talks about what it means to uh, be in a right relationship. You know, there's only two relationships in this Bible between men and women one is marriage, the other is brother sister. There, there is no dating guide in the Bible, you know that. There's no like dating thing, there is, there's just nothing called dating in the Bible. In the Bible, you're either married or you're a brother or sister. So let me tell all the single folks out there, if y'all not married, think about what you're doing to your sister. Hello, somebody. <laughs> y'all see how hard I am already. Y'all see, I guess my shoes. Y'all see, I told y'all, y'all got y'all to get ready for this. I want to help you. I want to help what's, uh, what's wrong in our culture. I want to help what's wrong sort of in our lives and, and um, may tr- try to help you through that. Uh, there's a lot of people in, in this room, a lot of people in first service who, th- this is the truth that you've seen such bad relationships and such bad marriages that you sort of decided, I don't, if that's what it's going to be, I don't want anything to do with that. Like, there are people, honestly, who who have waited for a long time to get married or or even start dating or you just kind of serial date. And the reason is, it's not because you don't want it. It's just because you saw such bad things or because it was just so wrong. I mean, the house you grew up in or or your friends, like, they're always, you go to dinner and they're always fighting. And you're like, man, they hate each other and I don't hate you yet, so I don't want to marry you. So I'll start hating you. Like I, and, And you just avoid that because you've never really seen something healthy. And you think all relationships are bad. Or maybe it's your own experience. It's not... Something that you've seen—it's just you know—you've been in bad relationships, and you think, "Man, it's always going to sort of be this way," and 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 this is this is how it's always going to be. And so I just you know, forty becomes the new twenty, and I don't want to get married, and I, I just want to stay at home and play video games. I don't know who I'm preaching to right now, but I'm just saying I, I don't want you know. I just want to avoid all of that because I've seen it so bad. And, and the truth of the matter is, listen. There are some bad stories out there. There's some bad. I'm, when you're a preacher, you're kind of like a walking conscience. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's always funny to me when I'm in a conversation with people, and they cuss and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry," <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, you would have cussed if I wasn't here." Like, <laughs> what are you doing right now? You know what I mean? But when you're a preacher, you're just a walking conscience, and and that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that, except for people feel like they have to tell you all their bad stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? And sometimes I'm like. Dude, I promise you, I don't want to know that about you. Please never tell me anything like that again. Uh, I, I didn't have, that doesn't contribute to anything that I'm trying to help you with right now. But when you, they just go to a walking conscience. So I have, I have this ton of, you know, stories uh, that people will tell you. And oftentimes when I'm sitting down with a couple over the last, you know, almost 20 years of ministry uh, with, with Brandy, oftentimes when I sit down with a couple, the, the number one question I always ask sort of internally, I don't usually ask it out loud is, didn't you see that coming? You know what I mean? Like, like, didn't somebody, tell, like, didn't your mama tell you about that? You know what I mean? Like, does that really surprise you, especially in a, in a relationship or a marriage or a couple? I think, man, didn't somebody sort of warn you about that? Isn't it just common sense that, like, that's gonna, like, like, you know, if he's, like, if he's lazy now that when you marry him, he's gonna be Married and lazy, you know what I'm saying? He's going to be extra lazy. Like if 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 she if she's a slob now, come on, somebody, men, look at me. Don't look, don't look at her. Look at me. If she if she's a slob, then you get married. Come on, that's just how. That's just what. Like, isn't it just common sense kind of? And and the truth is that a lot of people don't sort of think that about you know their lives, and they don't you know common sense sort of goes out the the, the window, and we have this love, and it's just all about love and. And we don't realize that sort of the decisions that we make in our dating life and the decisions that we make sort of as we're looking for a spouse affect everything else. And, and, and the last thing I want to sort of set up today's message is to tell you this. It's not going to be very deep. And the next four weeks, are not going to be like terribly deep. But I do want to help you uh, with this. This is the deepest thing I'll say all day, and I want you to write this down. Here's the first thing. This is the deepest sentence I could come up with and deepest way to say this. That your present will be your past and will be present in your future. That's as deep as it's going to get today. That your present will be your past, and that your present has a way of showing up in your future. Let, let, let me illustrate that better. You, you and I are living in the present, at least most people out there. Some of you I, I wonder about. But anyway, most of us are sort of living in the present right now. But tomorrow, our present now will be our past. You understand that? But just because we moved days, just because I'm now in the future, it doesn't mean I get to leave that. That thing that's in my past, that was my present, it has a way of following me into my current present, which was my future. Do you understand that? In other words, you can't get away from some of the stuff. Here's what I always, one of those common sense things I always want to ask couples, and I go, you really thought when you got married that that, that was going to stop? Or that, that you know he was just going to change, and here's the reason why. Every time, without ex- I can't remember an exception in almost twenty years of dealing with couples that somebody would say to me, "I thought when we got married he would change. I thought she would change. I just thought I could change them. I, th- I thought I could. I thought you know I know I know he was mean before then, but I thought you know he just." He just was, you know, it's that stray dog. I met with somebody the other day. I said, you take in every stray dog. And some of you are stray dog kind of people. And you take in every stray dog and stray cat. And you're like the weird cat lady that has nine of them that come to your house. And and you feed them outside. Some of you treat relationships that way. And and, and you're you're the weird cat lady that like feeds all the stray cats and stray dogs. Because you want to help them. Look at me. If his mama couldn't help him, you can't help him. All the women say "Amen." amen. You can't help him. Let me give you another little axiom. I'm from Arkansas, so I, I'm full of these. You ready for this? You can't help a fellow that won't comb his hair. You can't help him. It, women, if you're dating a fellow that won't comb his hair in the morning, you can't help him. Give up on him. Don't marry him. You just can't. You can't help a guy like that. You can't. Uh, but you think I'm going to change him? You think I'm going to change her? I know she's not. I know she's not very you know involved right now. I know she. But I can change her. I, I can. I can. And, 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 and so we buy into so many myths about relationships, and then here's what happens. You buy into all these myths about relationships, and then you end up married. You end up thinking, man, what in the world happened? How did this How did we get here? And let me tell you who this message is for. Let me tell you who this series is for. It's for anybody who's currently dating, or you have been dating, or you want to date. Come on, somebody. Or you're married, and you don't need to be dating anybody else except the person you're married to. Or If you're any of those, then this whole series is for you. If you're divorced, if you're single again, if you're widowed, I I promise you I'm going to say something over the next four weeks that's for you, and I'm going to preach to you. But let me tell you who this is not for. Let me tell you who's going to hate church today. You ready? If you're a serial dater, if you're a recreational dater, if you just like the sport of dating, you know what I'm saying? Like you don't even like you don't even know her name anymore. You know what I mean? It's just it just if it, you're just in it for the sex, you're just in it for the thrill. So like you're just in it for the chase. You don't even tell her your real name anymore. You know what I mean? You're just like you just make up this. You're just like I'm. You know I, like like I'm I'm a marine biologist. Joker, you can't even spell biology. You're not a marine biologist. You don't even you know, you just make some. I'm pre med. You're pre-med because you didn't go to college. Everybody's pre-med who hasn't gone to medical school, dummy. Like <laughs> Pre-med. And, and so you just, you just make it up and, and, and you just try. It's just all about sex. It's all about the next thrill. Listen, you're going to hate this because I'm going I'm to look you square in the eye and tell you that's not God's best. It's not God's best. It's not God's plan for you. And the, and the culture has sort of elevated that as, as the, you know, that, that's the thing that, that gets the most attention. It's the thing that sells magazines. It's the thing that makes you follow Kim Kardashian. I have no idea why on Instagram. But, but listen, that's not real life. It's not real life. Number one, you're not Kim Kardashian. And, and it's just not real life. It's just not the way it's supposed to be. It's not, it's not God's plan. And there's so much hurt attached to that. There's so much pain attached to that. And there's this myth that we sort of build up about that. And there's this myth about how that's going to happen and how, how you can sort of have the life that, that, that everybody else has. And let me tell you what that myth is. I call it the right person myth. If you're taking notes, would you write that down? The right person myth. That's what we're going to talk about today. And, and it, it, here's, here's the way the right person myth goes. It goes that when I find the right person, that everything in my life will then be right. That when I find the right person, when I find Mr. Right then everything in my life will now become right because he or she makes it right. The, the, you know, the, they make what's wrong in my life right again. It, it's, it's a myth. and let, let me tell you why it's a myth. I, I meet so many people in married couples. I have never counseled a married couple, listen close, that has marriage problems. Every time a married couple t- talks to me and says, you know, Pastor, when we need to meet with you. We have some marriage. I always say, I promise you, you don't have marriage Problems. Let me tell you what marriage problems are. A marriage problem is whether or not you're going to squeeze the toothpaste from the top of the tube or the bottom of the tube. That's a marriage problem. And just let me clear this up for you. This is good preaching. This is biblical preaching. If you squeeze it from the top, you'll go to hell. That's the, it's in the Bible. I'm, I'm trying to help you right now. I, I didn't write it. I mean, I'm just <laughs> I'm kidding. It's not. It should be in the Bible, like that. If you want to go to heaven, you, you do it from the bottom. That's just what you do. Let I me mean, give you another one a marriage problem. If, we, if we're going to drink out of the milk carton in the, in, the, in the fridge, like we're going to drink straight out of the carton and put it right back in the fridge. Again, this is, this is in, in your Bible. If you do that, you will go to hell. If you, do, if you don't want to go to hell, then don't do that. Just don't, nobody that goes to heaven does that. Um, those are marriage problems. And some of you think, "Oh, man, that doesn't, that doesn't sound very heavy. You don't know what I'm dealing with. No, 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 no. I know what you're dealing with, but it's not a marriage problem. Here's what happens. It's a people problem. It's two single people who have problems who get married, and then you blame the marriage for my single person problem. Say amen to that. Because I didn't deal with my, my single person problem because I brought problems into this relationship, and I thought when I found Mr. Right that this problem that I had would become right because I found Mr. Right, I thought that when I married Mrs. Wright, that the problem that I had, the, the you know the thing that was that, that, I, that sort of my temper and you know that thing that I wish I could get, when I found her, then it would get right with me. And now you got two single people problems, and they get married, and now they want to call it marriage problems. It's not marriage problems. It's rarely relationship problems. It's almost always. Single people problems. I, I always find it funny. You, usually, now, if you, if you want to meet with me, don't, like, I'm, not, I'm not telling you this isn't for you, but I always find it funny the married couples who say, can we, can we sit down with you, Pastor? And usually, whoever wants to meet with me alone, that's the one I'm suspicious of. <laughs> They're like, I need to meet with you without him because right now he is not in a good place and I just need to tell you the truth before he comes in here all lying and tell you everything that he's been doing. And usually I say, ma'am, I'm not going to do that. Like I, I'm going to need him here. I, I I need because because it's there's probably some single people problems that you've brought into this into this relationship, and now now you're blaming this marriage people problems. And, and so the right person myth says I, I'm I'm just I'm always going to be you know looking for all of my problems get solved. And here's what happens when you find Mr. Right, when you find Mrs. Right, when they come in, you're like, oh hey girl, hey it's that's her right there. That's and, and the light shines over her and you're thinking, oh my gosh, it's Mrs. Wright. This is the girl I've always wanted And you go and you holler at her and you get her number and you stalk her on 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 social media for months and then and then finally you, you know you, you make up the courage and you're like, let's go out and and, and, and you're and the first date there is so much. Chemistry, oh, chemistry. I've never had anyone make me feel this way. It's like I'm singing in the rain and I love this. And I just, he makes me feel like nobody else. Girl, you don't even know. He makes me feel like nobody else makes me feel. He loves me like nobody else loves me. Never met someone like him ever in my life. He loves me like no one loves me. There's so much chemistry. How do you know he's Mr. Right? Cause the chemistry, girl, it's just pop. It's just, it's just like, oh my God, there's just chemistry. I, I say something, he finishes my sentence. It's just amazing. There's chemistry everywhere. Chemistry. She's Mrs. Right. He's Mr. Right. And you don't you don't ask questions like real questions like, do you want to have any kids? How many kids do you want to have? Why do you want to have so many kids? I don't like kids. I don't like your kids. I don't I don't. <laughs> because there's so much chemistry. And then let me tell you what chemistry leads to. When there's so much chemistry, and, and we go to movies and we hold hands and we and we eat out, and it's just the greatest thing in the world. And she cooks, and there's so much chemistry. Y'all know what happens in a chemistry lab, don't you? <claps> Bang! That's what happens. There's bangs. <laughs> Look at my eyes. <laughs> Don't make me say it. And so now there's all this chemistry. And now there's sex. And it's the best sex I've ever had. And no one ever makes me feel this way. This is what I've been missing. This is what I've looked for all my life, he says. All the other girls couldn't do what you did. Oh, nobody's ever made me feel this way. You are Mr. Right. You are Mrs. Right. And there's all this chemistry. And now, now there's this physical component that ties you together. And I'm going to preach about it, so get ready for it. If it makes you uncomfortable, I'm just going to tell you, it ties you together forever. And so now there's this physical component that your soul's attached to, and, and there's and, and there's chemistry, and you think, man, there's chemistry when we we're dating, and now there's chemistry in the bedroom. So the the only I found Mr. Right, I found Mrs. Right. So the only thing that we're supposed to do is. Get married. That's what you do. And so you come meet with me and I say, please don't marry each other, please. Y'all don't know. He's crazy. I know him. He's crazy. Don't marry each other. You don't understand. He's Mr. Right. She's Mrs. Right. There's so much chemistry. So you get married. And then two or three months in, two or three years in, you start having what you call marriage problems. What you're dubbing as a relationship problem. All the married people are like, how does he know what we're living right now? This <laughs> look straight ahead at me, all the married people. Don't look at nobody, okay? Listen, I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to tell you some stuff I wish that somebody else had told you. You know what I mean? I'm try, I'm, I want to give you some tools to help you. And so, and, and so uh, the first thing to go, a couple of months in, the very first thing that when you start having what you call relationship problems, which are not relationship problems, they're single people problems that you didn't deal with before you got married and intimate and had sex and you you made a commitment, now you're in a covenant with God and you think, man, where did all... The first thing to go is chemistry. And I sit down and I meet with couples and they go, he's just not romantic anymore. You know what he bought me for Valentine's Day? A plant. (laughs) A plant. There's no more chemistry, and he says she never wants to have sex, and, and, and she, you know, she's always in her pajamas, and 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 I just she never I don't even know if she bathes. I just don't like her anymore. <laughs> it's, it's funny, but some of you, some of you live this. Some of you are living this right now. And and, and the first thing that goes chemistry. And if you're a guy, listen. Here's the, here's what guys do. We think that sex is a wrench. So we think any, we can fix anything. It's like, it's like WD-40 or like Windex. Like you, anything can be fixed with more sex. So usually when I meet with a guy, he's like, oh, I'll tell you what, Pastor, I, if you could just tell her I need, I need like maybe twice a day if possible. <laughs> could you tell her that's in the Bible? <laughs> Guys, let me, let me teach you a little biblical principle here. You need water and food to live. In some climates, you need shelter. Look at me. You will not die without sex. I, that's all you need to hear. Some of you men can go now. You can go home now. <laughs> no one has ever died without sex. No one! But you tell yourself, it's, I'm, we're missing chemistry. We're missing chemistry. And then, and, then, and then here's what happens. I'm just giving you, and, and you're going to think, man, how does he know this is what I'm living? Let me tell you, because it's a well-worn path. This is what happened. And so, and so so much chemistry. Mr. Right, Mrs. Right, you get married. The chemistry is the first thing to go. Sex is not fixing it. So here's what married couples do. Listen, I see it more times. And, and if you're single, you're going to think, who would be that stupid? <laughs> Your parents probably were. Here's what happened. They have a baby. And they think, I know what fix our marriage, a baby. That's what fix our marriage. And if you're a guy, you're like, have to have a baby, got to have sex. I mean, I'm down. Sex, yeah, yeah, have a baby. Let's do that. That sounds right. Uh, I don't know. Uh, so it sounds, sounds like a good plan to me. So you have a baby. So, so now let's bring another life form into our dysfunction. You know what I mean? Like let's ruin another little person's life. Because we're so dysfunctional and because... Because I believed you were Mr. Right and you were going to fix me. And you believed that that she was Mrs. Right and she was going to fix you. And, And because that is a myth and it's a lie, you just keep tinkering on this relationship trying to believe if I can just find Mr. Right, Mrs. Right, everything's going to be all right. And sex doesn't fix it, and marriage doesn't fix it, and babies don't fix it. And then let me tell you what happens. Let me tell you about guys. Statistically, there are two times in a a married man's life when he is more susceptible to having an affair. This is a genuine statistic. I'm being dead honest with you here. The number one time is when his wife's pregnant. It's just a a fact. And so here's what happens. You, you, You go to work, and you think, man, I don't even like her no more she, 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 uh, she won't let me sleep in the bed. There's no chemistry. There's no sex. There's no love. There's no, ki- there's no romance. There's no, I don't want to be with her. And, and, and you're sitting at your desk going over in your head about all the marriage problems you've got. Listen, and then you lift your head up and in walks Mrs. Wright. And you repeat the same cycle that got you in this mess in the first place that someone else can fix what's wrong with me. Ladies, you think he he never comes home. I I don't even want him to come home. I I wish he wouldn't, and and, and the baby didn't fix it, and he doesn't help, and I don't even like him anymore, and he's going bald, and I just don't want (laughs) anything to... He promised he wouldn't go bald, and I don't... (laughs) And you get on Facebook, look at my eyeballs. Now listen, I'm, I'm, I'm in my mid-30s and, and, and I know that this is not popular in our generation, but look at my eyes. You do not, under any circumstance, need to connect socially to any person you've had a past relationship with if you're married. That's good preaching. Because let me tell you what happens. He's sleeping in the other room, and you're laying there with that phone above your eyes, and you think, I wonder where. And you start searching. Before you know it, you think Mr. Wright is in your Facebook. And you end up in the same cycle. And it's the myth that if I find the right person, that everything will be alright. And here's the new rule: the, the old rule is that I, I, gotta, find, I gotta find the right per- I gotta find Mr. Wright, I gotta find Mrs. Wright. And then everything in my life will be right. Let me give you the new rule. I want you to take notes and write this down. Are you who the person you are looking for is looking for? Are you who the person you are looking for is looking for? Let me say it. I'll say it a different way. This is how I most often say it. Am I becoming the person that the person I'm looking for is looking for? I remember one time I had a young lady in my... Office and she was asking about another guy in church, and she I, I knew her and I knew sort of her dating past. And so she comes to me and she has this list. You know the list. If you're if you're single, you've probably made a list like this, and she's like, Pastor, here's my list. I want him to be, you know, tall and dark and handsome. I don't know why they gotta be tall. You can be short and dark and handsome. I'm just whatever. Anyway. And she's like, here's 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 my list. Here's here's like I want him to I want him to give. I want him to be I want him to just serve God. And usually when you meet with your pastor, you'd say things like I want him to read his Bible every day. And you don't even own a Bible. And like I I want him I want him to I want him to just be a man of God. That's usually what they say. And I I just I want him I want him to do all this. And then and I, I remember her going through that list and I'm sitting in there in my head going, girl. I remember just a couple of weeks ago I was in here about that other dude. You know what I'm saying? And I remember a couple of weeks before that was that other dude, and then that, and then the other dude. And and so I tried to sort of use all my preacher language to say. Listen, honey, are you becoming the person that the person you're looking for is looking for? You know, I was using all my, the, the preacher language, and she wasn't catching it. She, we just kept going door. She just kept, she just kept saying, well, you don't understand. I want a man of God. I need a man who, I just want a man who worships and a man who, oh, Jesus, I feel him right now. I just, I do. I just, pastor, do you feel that? I feel it, girl. I, I, I feel, I feel it. And so she wasn't getting it. And so here's what I finally looked at her and said, I said honey, look at, it. she asked about a guy, a specific guy in our church who is serving. And I looked at her in my eyes. I said, listen, honey, look at my eyes. You may be looking for him, but he's not looking for a girl like you. The hardest realization is that when you realize I'm not the person that the person I'm looking for is looking for. If you want somebody who's in church, if I were you, I'd come to church. (laughs) That's where I'd go finding people. If on your list it's, and this is my list, I don't know what yours looks like, but mine looks like this. If if you I want I want a man of God who serves, if I were you, I'd put on a t-shirt and go to growth track today, I'm just saying, and I would start serving somewhere. Come on, somebody. I want a man who gives, who who honors God with his money. Well then when the offering passes, look for them envelopes. Look around, and be like, who he don't give? I don't, you don't give. You don't give, sir. You out. You don't, I don't. Now they they may give online. <laughs> Don't be all judgmental. But listen, if you're not giving, they're not going to give. How can you pray for somebody that is nothing like you? Because the person you're praying for ain't praying for you. She's praying for somebody else. And you're praying for somebody else. Because you're not becoming the person that you're looking for. Is looking for married people. Let me tell you, you, you cannot... You cannot have these unreal expectations of your spouse and go, if she would just, if he would just, and then if I ask you, well, do you? If the answer is no, then you're not becoming the person that you need her to become. You can't hold her to that standard. I'm preaching good. Say amen to that. You've got to ask yourself, am I becoming the person that the person I'm looking for is looking for? Because the, the myth is that there's always going to be somebody else who's the right person for me. And some of you have seen your whole life this, this cycle of he's not the right person, she's not the right person. I thought that was right. And, the, and, we got, and we got physical and then we got married and then, and then the chemistry left. It's the first thing to go. And then you realize that love won't keep you alive and sex won't keep you alive and chemistry won't keep you alive. The only thing that will work is a new rule that I've got to become who it is I want someone to be. Say amen to that. That's the new rule. You say, well, how, how, do, how do I do that? Like, how do I know that I'm becoming the person that the person I'm looking for is looking for? And here's the truth of the matter. It, the reason why our culture sort of, you know, it denigrates this. You think, why, why don't I see this in a way? Let me tell you why. Because no one would watch a reality show about two married people having sex. That don't sell. Because it's boring. It's the same two people every single night. You understand that? That's not how pornography is made. I'm preaching good. Listen, pornography tells you that it's somebody else that you, that she's never good enough. You got it's somebody else and somebody the next night, somebody the next day, somebody the next day. So married sex seems boring. It's the same girl every time. But married life isn't good reality TV because it's just, if you follow Brandon and I around the camera, it's the most boring life. Listen to me. I got a five year old and a two year old. We don't do. I'm tired, y'all. Come on, we don't do nothing. We eat at Chick-fil-A six times a week. <laughs> Every week at Chick-fil-A, Babies, where y'all want to go. Chick away! <laughs> I hate you little people. No. It's boring. We just do, We don't go to movies. What, what, Pastor, what you been saying? I don't I, movies. I ain't, try, I ain't got time for movies. I watch Dora the Explorer. That's what I watch. (laughs) It's boring. You go, let me see. All all the folks have been married over 20 years. Raise your hand. Stand up if you've been married over 20 years. Look at me. Look at these people. They they, they didn't want. Look at, Riley, look at me in my eyes. It's just just the same, it's 40 some odd years, isn't it? 46 years. I knew it was. 46 years. If we followed you two around with a camera at Pipe Creek, it's just boring. It's just the same stuff. Mama cooks the same. Listen, we have... It's just the same. at my house we have Spaghetti night every week. y'all don't have to like it. I love it and so it's spaghetti. It's just boring. And nobody and, and so here's what you do. You go, man, that's not glamorous enough. I want the Kim Kardashian life. I want to go here. I want to be flying to Miami and who is Chloe with? Oh God Lamar, I was so sad about Lamar, what happened and you just and you start looking, oh y'all know I know, and you start looking How am I going to preach to you if I don't know. So, you start looking at your life saying, This is so boring. This is no fun anymore. I'm looking for Mr. Right. And I'm not becoming the right person. Let me tell you how extraordinarily boring my life is. I've slept with one girl my whole life. Look at me. Now, that, I, I, listen, that don't have to be your story. I'm not, I don't want you to feel not one bit of shame, but listen to me. It's it's just extraordinary. It, just, it seems boring to you, but there's so much pain and hurt that comes with other choices. We just for ten years we couldn't have kids. It's boring. It doesn't make any. It's not. It doesn't sell TV. We got two kids and we, we drive. We drove a Honda. Come on, somebody. I drive. You know what I'm saying? It's just. But there's something that you, you, want, you, want, you want to take 46 you want to look back over your life and think, man, I wish I could have avoided all that pain and hurt and all that stuff. It's just, it's just extraordinarily the same. And our culture doesn't, it doesn't exemplify that. You know, it. Doesn't, it doesn't say this is what you want. You want something exciting. I want something new. I want something new every, every week. And So instead of finding the right person, you've got to ask yourself, listen, am I becoming the person that the person I'm looking for is looking for? Am I becoming the spouse that the person that I'm looking for is looking for? And if you're not married yet, you look at me in the eyes, I'm begging you. He's not Mr. Right. There is no such thing. There's just you being right and Him being right, and then you can be right together. Say amen to that. Let me give you four or five ways that I think you can do that. It's found in the love chapter of the Bible. If, you, if you've ever been married, or you've gone to a wedding, you, this is what couples always want you to read at their wedding. It's 1 Corinthians 13. It's the love chapter of the Bible. And I, I read it at weddings, and I'm like, y'all don't do none of this. Whatever. Um, and i <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we have new rules? Why why don't we we decide this is what we're going to do? Here's what the Bible says. Here's how you become the right person. Here's the first one. Write this down. 1 Corinthians 13 and 4 says, Love is, everybody say, patient. It's patient. You're going to have to learn how to get patient. Love never, ever, 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 ever pressures the other person. Listen to me, single adults. If you don't want to, then don't. If he keeps asking, it's not love. It's pressure And love is patient. Say amen to that. It's patient. It waits. It waits. It waits. Married folk, it waits. Come on somebody. We've been married 17 years. In the first couple of years of our marriage, I don't know, uh, Brandy's from Texas, and I don't know if there are different clocks here, but the clock that I have and that she has are very different. And for 17 years, we still don't have the same clock. I don't know what it is. Uh, we don't have the same watch. In the first couple of years of our marriage, it was a big, big deal. And, and I would go to the car and I would lovingly honk the horn. You know what I'm saying? Like, and let me tell you, I, I, I got so tired of sleeping in that car. I, just, I said, I will not do this. And now we have two kids. And, and here's what I do. She, she, I don't I'm act like I help, but she she gets the babies ready, and then we go downstairs. And I put the kids in the car. The other day, my little my little, little five year old said, uh, uh, "Are we waiting on mommy, baby?" I said, "You're exactly right. That's exactly what." <laughs> and we're happy about it. Come on, get happy. Because there's listen, there's some stuff in your life you're just going to be patient with. You're just going to have to learn how to patience. Listen, if he's pushy, if if there's just no margin for error. If there's no margin in your life, it's not real love. Married folk, let me help you something. You're going to have to learn how to just get patient. Just take time. You can't be married two years and expect a 25-year marriage. That 46 years this good couple the Browns have, listen, that takes 46 years to get that. You don't get that in four to six months. Come on, somebody. It takes time. I, I, I never, I, you know, I meet with young couples, and, and so I have some young couples, and, and they'll say, Man, Pastor, we want what you got. You don't want what I got, because if you want what I got, you got to live what I lived. And, and there's some pain that you don't, it's just patience. It just takes some time. And if we're going to become the right person, if the new rule is I got to become who God wants me to be, not look for the right person, but become the right person, I got to be. Patient. i got to be patient. I, gotta, I, gotta, I Wouldn't it be great if you dated a patient person? Come on, somebody. Here's how you find a patient person. You just practice patience. That's how I become the right person. Here's the second thing. If you're taking notes, love is patient and it is kind. Love is kind. It's kind. It's kind. Here's a better word. Men sort of look at the word kindness as, as weakness, and it's not. A, a better word is considerate. Love is considerate. Listen to me. If He's not kind and considerate of your feelings now, 20 years from now, He's not going to be kind and considerate of your feelings. Love is considerate. It considers the other person's opinion. If you're in a relationship and you're the only one with an opinion, that's not love, my dear friends. Because love is kind. It considers. I know what I want, but what do you want? I know this is my preference, but tell me what your preference is. If everybody, everybody can't just do what Dad wants just because. Well, I'm Dad and I I got all the money, and so here's what we're going to do. Here's where we're going to go, and this is how it's going to go. And that, listen, that's not kind. Don't think it's just going to come natural when I marry. I know he's not kind now, but when I marry him, he'll get kind. No, he will not. No, he will not. And the chemistry that's holding you together now will fade, and then you're left with single people problems. Here's the third thing if you're taking notes. Love is patient and it's kind and then love does not envy. It doesn't envy. Let me tell you what envy says. You ready for this? Envy says if I don't feel good about myself, then I can't let you feel good about yourself. Envy said if I don't like who I am, I don't want you to like who you are. So I bring you down to my level. Envy says that both of us can't be successful, just one of us can be. And so Envy looks at the other person and goes, you can't make more money than me because I don't, like, I, 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 I don't feel good about me, so I've got to bring you down to where I'm at. Listen to me. Love does not envy. It doesn't look at them and always have something better, something more. I have to be equal. No, no, no. It's not always going to be equal. Sometimes, listen, you, don't, you just need to be her arm candy. Come on, somebody. Guys, sometimes you just need to go to her company picnic and just walk around and be like, that's my girl. She's smart. I'm dumb as a box of rocks. That girl's smart because it doesn't envy. doesn't always have... Let me tell you another one. It said, it said not only does love is patient and it's kind, it doesn't envy, but it does not boast and it is not proud. It does not boast and it is not... How many of you have dated somebody who always has a better story than you? If you're dating, don't raise your hand. Don't, don't do that don't. They've always got a bigger story. Oh, yeah? Married couples. This is is where it comes in a marriage couple. Listen, you come home and you go, how was your day, honey? My day was terrible. Oh, you had a terrible day? I got a terrible day. I didn't even want to have kids. I got three kids right now. That one is just like your mama. I hate him and I hate your mama. How about that for a bad day? (laughs) Oh, you don't even know a bad day. You've been sitting around here watching Grey's Anatomy, eating bonbons. I've been turning wrenches all day. You ain't done nothing. I don't like, la- you don't know a bad day. That's that, it's, it's, it's boasting. It's always a one up story. It's always pride. You know what I'm talking about. Listen, look at my eyes. Our musicians are coming. Listen, I know I'm, I'm closing, but look, listen to me. Some of you grew up in this home, and you watched your father always tell your mother down because she couldn't be better, it couldn't have one more up. And so you think all relationships are this way. My friends, it doesn't have to be this way. It just doesn't have to be this way. You, you think, you think, man, I don't want to get married because if that's what it's going to be, I don't want anything to do with that. If that's the way love is, I don't want anything to do with that. And you, you, you think, man, I'm not going to go home. I don't want to do this. I don't even want to be in this. Some of you are thinking, man, this sounds like a terrible date. I don't know. I got to be kind and considerate, and like I can't boast or pride. I don't even. I can't date nobody. Some of you need to cancel plans after church. You know what I'm saying? Because he ain't doing what it is I'm talking about. And the new rules say I, I got to quit looking for the next right thing because it just listen. Listen to me. There's just no end in that. Let me tell you why second marriages end in divorce at a rapid at, at a more rapid pace than first marriages. It's because people still buy into the new, the the the, the old myth, the the right person myth, and so. In the second marriage, they just realize quicker that you're not the right person. (laughs) What The first marriage took them a long time to figure it out. The second marriage, they go, nope, you're not the right one. Let me go to the next one. And You meet somebody and there's there's three or four bad relationships and bad breakups and you think, man, how did that happen? Let me tell you how it happens because that person is constantly looking for the right person instead of becoming the person that the person I'm looking for is looking for. Married folk, Listen. You're going to have to, at some point, change. Because you're not going to change them. You're just going to have to be different. You're going to have to become the spouse that the spouse you're looking for is looking for. If you're dating, or you're engaged, or you're, you know, you're thinking about getting married, listen, I just, to, I just want to ask you, please don't buy into the myth that he's going to fix everything with you. She's going to make everything right, because it just will 1 Corinthians 13 and 5 says, love does not dishonor others. It doesn't dishonor others. It doesn't dishonor others. It doesn't dishonor. It doesn't, it doesn't show dishonor to other people. Some of you know what dishonor looks like in your relationships. You think, man, my mom always talked about my dad like he was so stupid. My dad hated that. And so, and so you think, I don't want anything to do with marriage, you know, because that's how, that's how it always happened. Or, or my dad was always mean to my mom. It was just dishonoring. And so I don't want anything to do with that. Love does not dishonor. And so and, and so the end of this chapter, listen close, this is the end. The end of this chapter is so interesting to me. I don't know if you ever looked at the Bible like this, but sometimes I look at the Bible and like a monkey doing a math problem. <laughs> I just I just look at it and think, huh? that doesn't make any sense to me. And and 1 Corinthians 13 is one of those passages because it's got all of these, all of these lists of, of you know what love is, and love is patient, love is kind, love, and here's what love does, and, and so it's it's how I become the right person. And then you get to 1 Corinthians 13 and 11, and this is how Paul kind of ends this whole discourse about love. He says, When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I played video games like a child. I'm just, uh, that's implied. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man or a woman, when I became an adult, I put away the the ways of childhood or or childish things away. And I I asked God, literally, in preparing for this message, I said, God, that don't make any sense to me. Like, why would we go, here's what love is, and then we start talking about childhood. This is the reason why. Listen, here's what I feel like, here's what I feel like the reason Paul ended this chapter this way. Because when you're a kid and you hear a love story, they always end with, and they lived. Paul said, When I grew up, I realized childhood stories are just fairy tales. It doesn't just end happily ever after. i got to work at it. Paul said, I just spent ten verses telling you how to work on it. And just in case you thought it was just going to become a fairy tale and just all work out in the end, no, 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 no. That's a childish way of thinking. Paul said, let's put that behind us. Let's put away those childlike thoughts. And Let me tell you something. You're going to have to work at this. You're going to have to work at it. Single folks, you're going to have to work at it. You're just going to have to work at becoming the person that the person I'm looking for is looking for. Married folk in the room, no, listen, I don't have all the answers, I promise you. the 46 years, you you probably need to preach this, Riley, not me. I, I just, All I got is this book. and I can just tell you what this book says. This book says it's childish for you to think that you're going to find the right person who fixes you. No, no, no. I got to become the right person. This book does not give marriage advice. It gives life advice. It doesn't tell me how to be married. It tells me how to be right so that when I'm right and she's right, now we're right. Say amen. To that. Stand to your feet all over the Bow your heads. Take your spouse by the hand. Only your spouse. <laughs> Don't take somebody else's spouse. Dear Jesus, if you're single, this is your chance. Find somebody's hand. (laughs) You're standing by somebody, a friend that brought you to church, put your arm around them, bow your heads, let me pray for you. Father, I just, um, I look to your word because it's the only thing I know that can answer all of these really hard questions. God, I can't look to... Hollywood I can't look to books and magazines and a distorted view I can't look to social media it's just the highlight reel of people's lives it's not real life and so I look to to this book and and in this book I find out that I have a lot of work to do that we have a lot of work to do so I just pray as we begin this series as, as we sort of enter this week of Valentine's and love I pray for every Single person in the room first, those that are maybe dating or thinking about getting married or engaged. I just pray they would filter their relationship through this thought. Am I becoming the person that the person I'm looking for is looking for? I just pray that they would sort of dispel that right person myth that that as soon as I marry him, everything's going to get right. As soon as I find her, everything in my life gets right. No, no, no. I'm going to get right while I wait for them. I pray for divorce and separated, single again, widows, God, I pray for people who are struggling in relationship. That in this time when they're questioning God, what's happening, what's going on, what, why is my marriage breaking up? Why you were gonna last forever? What, what, what's going on? Like where, where's this going? Am I ever gonna love again? I pray that in that time of waiting and patience, that they would start becoming the right person. They would use that time to sort of make sure they're right. My heart's right. My mind's in the right place. I'm doing the right things. I'm living the right way. So that when when you bring the right person to me, I'm, I'm the right person for them. Father, I pray for married couples in the room right now. Come on, if you're married, take your spouse and hold them close. Father, I pray for married couples. God, we live in a world that is attacking married couples. Father, in this room, I feel feel it in my my spirit. So, In this room, there are marriages under attack. I break off of those marriages, the attack of the enemy. I break off of them, the unreal expectation of Hollywood and social media and movies and music. I, I, I call them back to biblical love, to just what it means to be patient with one another. Kind and considerate of each other. Not boastful and proud. God, I pray for a marriage that feels like giving up, that over the course of the next couple of weeks, maybe even today, that there's just something when they go home in the car, they take one another by the hand and say, Let's just let's try a little longer. Let's just maybe it's me. And I've been blaming you. Father, I pray for healing in the room. I feel that right now that you've walked in the room to heal sort of those. People who feel like, man, I've messed it up. You've not messed it up too far. I know there are people here who've had, you know, different stories than I've had. And you think, man, if you knew my partners and what I've lived, and listen, I'm not here to make you feel that church is not about guilt and shame. Come on, the Bible's not about shame and guilt, but it is about you sort of being honest and going, God, I got to get some help. God, I surrender that to you. All that pain, all that hurt of my past, I'm ready. I'm ready to make that right. I'm ready to be right. I'm ready to become the person that you want me to be. I pray for that right now. I pray for today and the people and the relationships in this room. And I pray for the next couple of weeks we have together. I thank you for it. I thank you for what you're beginning in me. What you're beginning in us. In Jesus' name, everybody shout, Amen. amen. Come on, let's put our hands together and give God praise.